Algar Productions. Sarcastic Voyage presents the continuing story of Contentment Corner, starring Jason Wallace as Alistair Eventide. And there I was, the source. Physically, not astrally, like a real human gumshoe. Countless earth seconds of old-fashioned, honest-to-soul detective work had finally led me here, the water purification complex. The pumps thrummed like a functioning meat art, and its ebb and flow of blood. Only it wasn't blood, at least as we humans understand it, it was clear and and carried no metaphotonic bosons, but it kept the town alive all the same. For now, you see, someone was choking it off ever so slowly, like some kind of sentient tunicate. But to what end, what dark designs were at work here, condemning the town to dry out why hadn't we all just learned to process hydrogen and oxygen the most efficient way? Would we ever escape this mad compulsion to ingest things with our base cavities? Who's there? Show yourself. Your location is a mystery to me. ESP is definitely a myth. You... Ah, yes. The local investigator of rural blight. How good of you to join me. Cut the crop, Eventide. I've studied our Earth syntax at some length. I can recognize sarcasm as well as any upright ape. You wound me, David. I welcome your company. What are you talking about? No one's glad to see a private dick. Mm, I see you've never worked in the theater. No, my dear boy, I'm overjoyed you're here. After all, what good is an overwrought, labyrinthine tapestry of revenge against accumulated petty slights without an audience to appreciate it? Well, there's still the revenge part. Hmm. Ever the pragmatist. I admire your pure, unfiltered, mountain-fresh vision, free from the clouding sediment of artistry and sophistication. Now who's the private dick? Oh, David... You misunderstand. You know, it's more than a little frustrating that people misconstrue my comments as heavily sardonic. In fact, I'm quite the people person, as you'll witness. For instance, I know that one of the foundational elements of bonding with your fellow man is convincing them you're on the same side. Perhaps by advising them against fashion faux pas, so as to avoid the pain of being publicly embarrassed and socially ostracized. Yeah, yeah, we've all read theoretical perspectives for direct social work practice, a generalist electric approach. What's your point? My point, David, is that I'm your friend. And I want you to know, before your self-worth is irrevocably damaged, that you have a rather nasty hole in your dress shirt. I don't... I don't see a hole. 
swoop, there it is. Ah! My frail, fleshy form, struck down by a metal projectile, like I always feared. Ah! The pain, the anguish, my pupils dilating, my pulse growing weak. Look at me, breathing rapidly, then slower, and then taking one substantial breath and releasing it slowly to signal my final moments. Ah. What a queer young man. Remarkably fond of narration. And there's something further, something that dwelled in his depths that I can't quite grasp. Human corpse. I suppose I shall never know. The secret knowledge scoured away by the brillo pads of time and fortune. And bullets. Alas. Now then, to the dark machinations of Codex the Second. I'm in the sky place with a god of your choice. The dark machinations of Codex II are proving a real bitch. I hadn't considered the manpower necessary to dam up an entire river. <sighs> Foolish, Alistair. Always with your head in the void and never on the material plane. What's that? Use the Psychotheodolite to wordlessly command an army of semi-aquatic rodents? Oh, Newt. You always know just what to say. Exquisite. No bitch can resist the power of Beaver. Now on to Codex the Third, the final masterstroke. What? Of course there can be more than one masterstroke. Yes, I'm exceedingly aware of what the word implies, but the base meaning of the word hasn't changed since the 17th century. Now hush all your descriptivist nonsense or I'll snip your strings and toss you into a pinball feeder. You there. What do you think you're doing? Ah, Mr. Acting Mayor. Greetings. You're the proprietor of that laundromat, aren't you? Dry cleaners, in point of fact. And as to your original inquiry, I was just damming up the river, temporarily. Yes, I can see that. And why, pray tell, were you damming up the primary water source of this town? Why, so I could prepare my poison solution. Of course. Look, I enjoy the nonchalant, horrifying reveal as much as any man, but I'll need you to elaborate on that. But why? Why? Because you can't make changes to municipal services without consulting with town authorities. And as mayor now, that incredibly tedious affair falls to me. Deputy mayor, I think you'll find. I found it earlier. This isn't a scavenger hunt. As mayor, I'm duty-bound by taxpayers to demand an explanation, and a thorough one at that, so that they have something to ignore at town hall meetings whilst stacking Slavic geometry on their game children. So spill it. Then, if you would, spill it. Very well. You shall hear the genesis of my dread vision. It all began with hoodoo. Our modern zeitgeist posits that breakfast is the most important meal of the day. I wholeheartedly agree. 
provided you first invigorate the body's digestive system through a round of sparring with your wolfman servant Severin. Kickstarts the metabolism, you understand. And so, clutching the strength talisman I bought from a blind milliner in Ghana, I wrestled my hirsute friend early this morning. Do you yield, sir? Do you yield? I was in the midst of defeating him with an inverted Indian deathlock when the phone rang. Don't go away. You have made contact. Speak, you gibbering fool, before we both glimpse beyond the veil and descend headlong into the mire of madness. Also, there's a quiche in the oven burning won't do. Uh, is this Mr. Eventide? That is my human name, yes. What other... You couldn't possibly comprehend them. Nor would you want to. Okay, well, uh, <clears throat> my boss asked me to call you to let you know that we can't fulfill your request for... God, what was it? Uh, hold on a minute. Yeah, here we go. Uh, Atropa Baladna? Perhaps you mean Deadly Nightshade. I don't know what I mean. I'm just a high school student. <sighs> Atropa Belladonna is commonly known as Deadly Nightshade due to the presence of lethal tropane alkaloids. Agrippina the Younger employed it to slay the Emperor Claudius in ancient times. Don't you own, like, uh, dry cleaners? You've done your homework. Not yet. Mrs. Donovan Sorrentino Takahashi von Schmidt gave us an extra day to work after that whole egg baby misunderstanding. Fascinating. So, if you do laundry all day, why would you need deadly nightshade? You'll unerringly find, boy, that in the course of your life, there will be many stains upon the fabric of your soul. Some are impossible to blot out, ever serving to remind you of your foibles. Others can be erased, however, provided you apply the right herbaceous perennial, metaphorically or otherwise. Can't you just dab it with club soda? My dear touched lad, try to imagine, just for a moment, a world without club soda. Oh, impossible! Strain yourself. What recourse would we have but a return to nature's remedies? Hello? Boy? Yeah? Are you quite all right? Yeah. Sorry, I just... Oh, no club soda? At all? Enough of this prattle. Why, pray tell, will the business you so poorly represent fail me in my hour of need? Uh, it's it's nothing personal, man. It's just that that stuff's extremely toxic, like you said, and the amount you ask for is, frankly, like, genocidal. So we can't sell it to you in, in good conscience. Conscience? No such mewling thing as conscience can survive the shredding machinery of free market capitalism. Tell your master I'll double my offer. Okay. No, he's... No, he's definitely shaking his head, like, vigorously. And now he's pointing at the phone, and then the cradle to the phone, and gesturing downward a lot. A grave mistake. Your organization shall rue the day you crossed me. Yeah, he says we'll rue the day we... Oh, okay, now he's got a pair of scissors for some reason, and he's reaching for the... Repugnant. What remains of this country when a private citizen can no longer order mass quantities of deadly nightshade for the purposes of dry cleaning? What... what is that smell? Hmm. The decaying flesh of the American dream? My quiche! No!
compelled by the great injustice of the herbal supply industry, and robbed of breakfast by cruelest flame, I left Severin to the task of balancing the cleaner's books, and ventured out into the quaintest jungle known to man, downtown Contentment Corner. Howdy, neighbor. Don't see you out and about much. Back to the old starch grind. Very droll, Tredge. Allow me to pass. Oh, hey, not so fast there. I've got a surprise for you. Is it a metric ton of deadly nightshade? Close. It's a petition to save the Contentment Corner clock wagon. Those two items couldn't be more dissimilar. Either the world has been recast by cosmic trickery as some sort of Dadaist paradise, or you have a grapefruit-sized tumor grinding into your broker's area. I hope, with a nigh-infinite supply of schadenfreude, that the latter is true. Now, if you'll excuse me... Listen, I know a lot's been said about how outdated the idea of a clock wagon is, but... Much has been made of it since the invention of watches, yes. And the concept of owning a clock. But it, it's part of our history. Citizens of Contentment Corner have always been able to crane their necks out of the windows of their moving vehicles to catch a glimpse of the old clock wagon trundling down the street, telling the time to every tardy soul. <laughs> Why, we can't let it trundle away into obscurity. Doesn't this town possess the dubious honor of highest number of grisly traffic accidents per capita? You're damn right. But we can't let those elites in the so-called safe towns pigeonhole us for that. We've got to fight for our own identity. We've got to have the bravery to resist the tyranny of facts. To enter a murder-suicide pact with nostalgia. And that starts with our iconic clock wagon. Well then, you will no doubt enjoy my ensuing question. Isn't the clock wagon responsible for approximately 90% of those flesh-shearing automobile fracases? Hey now, if there's anything I know, it's that correlation does not imply causation. Ah, the leisure of traditional logic. How nice it must be not to wrestle at every moment with the mind-curdling knowledge of alternate systems, of planes where the syllogism lives in skin and bone and hate, stalking the fractal premise fields to arrive at your death conclusion. And so I must stalk my prey. Salutations. What do you say, neighbor? Will you sign? No. Please? No. We need your support. Stop interrupting my ambulation. Save the clock wagon! Let me pass, you unfettered twit. Preserve our history! Let. Me. Pass. To hell with watches! Enough! If my signature will speed your flight, then so be it. Hey, thanks a lot, neighbor. You won't regret it. I'm sorry, I'm having a little trouble reading this. It says, Dormiatus dum castellum supernubes ascendat. Is that Dutch? God, I'm bushed all of a sudden. Sine dubio instantatum. You, you may both neighbor. Pedicabo ut orologium plostrum. Not content to merely wade in the aggressively ignorant tide of the masses, I instead pushed headlong against the current, desperate to acquire my precious cache of perennials. No force, human or otherwise, would prevent me from receiving this year's seal of superlative service from the Chamber of Commerce. If those clods at Sparkletone dry cleaning were to take the honor once again this year, I'd strangle Satan himself with his own shoelaces. And he already owes me a favor. As did Mrs. Donovan Sorrentino Takahashi von Schmidt, and I arrived at the local higher learning institution to call upon just that. Oh, shit, is that? It's Christopher Lee. Dude, I loved you in Saraband for Dead Lovers. I am not Sir Christopher Lee, you unwashed fetus. 
Besides, the illustrious British Thespian is long dead. What? No way! I just saw him in Curse 3 Blood Sacrifice last week! Wait, what year is it? Oh, 1992, dude. I see. It appears the time streams have reconvened. Well then, carry on with your... puberty or whatever it is you do. Can I help you? I certainly hope so, Mrs. Von Schmidt. I don't care if you are a commander of the Order of St. John, Mr. Lee. You will not dismiss my hyphenate. How am I... I'm 47 years old. I lack any facial hair. I have a classic American Midland accent. There is no feasible way anyone could mistake me for Sir Christopher Lee. Amazing. It's like I'm right there in the actor's studio. I'm Alistair Eventide, for Dagon's sake. Proprietor of the local dry cleaners. I don't appreciate your tone, sir. Don't make me marry you. What a bizarre threat. And coming from me, that's saying something. What do you want, Mr. Eventide? If that is your real name. I'm in need of a substantial quantity of a tropa belladonna. And I understand you're precisely the woman to fulfill such a need. <gasps> Who told you that? I have my ways. As do I, Mr. Eventide. As do I. Why did you unbutton your blouse? Oh, sorry, it's a reflex. Well, sir, you're sorely mistaken. I haven't dealt in any flora since I retired from topiary design in 1987. I recall. It was in all the papers. Very uneventful Thursday. But I know you, Ravina, and I know the sensual thrill of horticulture. Resisting its bewitching pull would be a private nightmare. But of course, a woman could ease her suffering, little by little, in secret. Lies! A woman could experiment with, shall we say, aggressive shapes. Avant-garde trimming techniques. Even nude cicatering. And what would your customers say if they knew you were slandering a poor, defenseless, multiple widow? And if a woman wanted to continue exorcising her green thumb demons in private, she might do a certain stranger's bidding, lest she find herself revealed. You fiend! You've come unbuttoned again. I know. Yes, well, I'll be needing the nightshade now, please and thank you. Well, I'm out. You're what? I... I binged, made a ziggurat of it in some wolfsbane, took me twelve hours, and it was glorious. Then I shall relieve you of your ziggurat. You can't. I can and I shall. No, I mean you literally can't. It's already on its way to Topeka. Curse your mail-order business. You and your erotic hobby shall rue the day you crossed me. Is that a promise, Alistair? And now you've rebuttoned your blouse. You're a professional mixologist of signals, and a madwoman. Get your life together, and stop stroking that cheer pet. It's profane, even by my standards. All my hopes dashed against the rocks of plants. I began to seethe with black-hearted contempt for these craven, bumbling townsfolk. More so than usual. But at least a lack of deadly nightshade wouldn't completely hinder my journey to dry-cleaning excellence. There were surely other, just as exotic means of stain removal. And there was still time. The seal would be mine again. Would you look at that? It's the old Tide Man! How are you, Stretch? Wither and die, you Cretan. What'd you say? Good afternoon, Miff, my young friend. May your arteries sparkle. Oh, Tide! You old so-and-so! It's good to see you! 
I'm glad I caught you, actually. I was just about to ring you up, tell you the good news. You've converted to some hyper-conservative form of the Christian religion, forever forsaking the cleaning of sinners' garments. Close! Sparkletone dry cleaners won yet another prestigious award. Does anyone in this town fully grasp the concept of similarity? Yeah, total shock. We weren't expecting them to pick a winner so soon, but hey, leave it to the chamber to get things done early. The chamber? It was apparently unanimous. Just goes to show what a little hard work and a little elbow grease can do for you. No. No, no. Not again. Where should we put the decal? On the door, you think? Or the display window? You... We'll rule the day. Hey, maybe we could hang a commemorative banner. Wouldn't that be fun? Sparkletone dry cleaners, home of the superlative. As it turns out, it takes more than a full minute to strangle a man to death. The more you know. With Sparkletone's demise, I thought my rage would abate. My urge to destroy would dissipate, but I was mistaken. Instead, I found myself yearning for the death of every member of the Chamber of Commerce. Every nitwit I had the misfortune to encounter that day. Every living soul in the lingering bog-stench vapor that was Contentment Corner. And so, a plan began to form in the dark recesses of my skull. But like so many grand plans, its birth was troubled. Its ambition too bulbous for natural passage. I would need a midwife of sorts. I turned to my closest friend. Impossible. The plutonium trade is highly regulated. And I won't deal with the Libyans again. You know I can no longer darken the bazaar's bead curtain. Frau Gupta would have my head. Again. Pointless. Americans have cable now. There's no need for antennas. They'll simply continue watching Donahue as if nothing had happened. And there's no one in the Tri-County area remotely capable of constructing an army of giant robotic mice. Try harder. The water supply. But of course... No, you simpering fool. You may amortize the capitalized costs of Section 197 intangibles rateably over a 15-year period. How many times must I say it? Whoop, there we are. There's only one thing I don't understand. And what would that be? You may not be able to amortize Section 197 intangibles acquired in a transaction that did not result in a significant change in ownership or use. Did you read the anti-churning rules? Did you or a related person hold or use the intangible at any time from July 25th, 1989 through August 10th, 1991? I did not command my beaver army to damn this town's primary water source so that we could have a riveting discussion of tax law. Yeah, that checks out. I can't allow you to do this, you understand. Oh, can't you? No, I can't. Don't play 20 arrogant rhetorical questions with me. Your cruel vindictive campaign of terror and death will get all muddled up with my cruel vindictive campaign of terror and death. And I don't want to reschedule. Our cruel vindictive? Your cruel vindictive. My god, this is approaching terminal vaudeville. Yes, I have one too, and we can't very well execute them both at once. 
That would be silly. I've got an idea. Why don't we all share the details of our evil plans one by one, and we'll decide at the end which one is best. Majority vote and everything. Ah, yes. The Sadist Roundtable. Very well, I shall start. I'm attempting to gain access to a secret bunker below the town which contains a vast assortment of lethal devices, substances, and intangibles. Seems every time this rather disaster-prone town catches a body running with scissors, metaphorically speaking, it confiscates them and locks them away in this subterranean treasure trove. I'm positively rigid with boredom. Perhaps my attention wavered during your extended accounting of a day in the life of a dry cleaner. But I'd think the industrial drum of deadly nightshade I saw on the inventory list might interest you. I love you. Orchid, honey, is that you? It's me, Dad. I'm in the foyer. Sheriff Irons! The same. Sorry for the dramatic entrance, folks. But uh, it may interest you to know that you've been stuck in this foyer since mid-April. And now it's late May. Episode 23 of Contentment Corner featured Duncan Bosco as Crazy David, Mark Bosco as Zake Tartar, and Sheriff Trace Irons, Christy Brannan as Miff Sparkletone, Robert Cooper as the narrator, Caitlin Obum as Tredge, Joseph Ravenson as King Wasp, Amanda Smith as Ravina Donovan Sorrentino Takahashi von Schmidt, and Orchid McAllister, Jason Wallace as Alistair Eventide, and Ron Algar Watt as Gart Champson, Jackery, and Chag McAllister. It was written by Jason Wallace with Amanda Smith and Ron Algar Watt, and produced by Algar Productions, copyright 2017. My quiche! No!